0: Welcome to the latest installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'm joined by a very experienced panel of IT people to discuss an intriguing topic, self-taught developers versus traditionally taught developers.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on the future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: Before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room with some general introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also your interests outside of work. So we'll start off with Amir.
2: So uh, my name's uh, Amir and I'm a senior backend developer at an agency in Copenhagen called Adept. been in Copenhagen for three years, uh, and I've been a developer for about seven. So I kind of escaped the UK uh, during the Brexit years to uh, to make my way to past uh, uh, pastor's new, so to say. Um, and interest outside of work, uh, I'm a bit of a musician. I uh, play guitar, and I'm actually learning uh, the piano at the moment, alongside trying to learn Danish, uh, of course.
0: Very nice. Whereabouts in the UK did you escape?
2: Uh, well, I come from Birmingham, or. Like, like a city near, Wolf, it's called Wolverhampton. Um, but I lived in Bristol before I moved. Very nice. I can't hear, I can't hear the Birmingham accent much. I'm now. No, the accent, <laughs> the accent's died since living here. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can find thank Copenhagen for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and moving on to last, if you'd like to give us a quick introduction.
1: Yep. So uh, my name is Les, and um, I have studied such software engineering at Alba University for three years. And then I decided, I decided to start uh, my own startup this summer um, with a guy from Copenhagen and that's why I moved here. Um, and right now I'm doing this early stage startup called Instructure, which is an E2B wide label SaaS product for sports schools such as surf schools, ski schools, um, and anyone who does private instruction and allows time for the clients to practice between lessons. Um, And I built this product to my own and and have since then employed a software engineer uh, to help me with it. And I have right now have two interns as well software engineering interns um, working on the product too. Uh, So right now my role has moved from being very hands-on to being more of like a Uh, product-defining kind of guy, uh, doing the user tests and
0: defining the the tasks. So how are you finding that transition from initially being hands-on into user-facing challenges? It's
1: it's a lot of fun. It's some other challenges representing themselves now, or presenting themselves now, um, where I have to be more, um, I I am developing my leadership skills for sure, uh, every day. Especially with the interns, it's a fun, fun assignment because they need a lot of tutoring along the way, uh, which is a lot of fun. It's it's awesome to see them grow as well in the roles uh, and seeing them deliver more and more value for each week that passes on. Yeah. And okay. in my spare time, of course, uh, obviously a very sporty guy. Uh, when I founded this uh, sports startup, I, I could just see myself in it for that reason. Um, so right now, uh, it, it it changes from time to
0: time. But right now, I'm doing a lot of beach volleyball and also bouldering. Um, yeah. Well, it's great! It's great that you've got to mix your hobbies with your work life as well. Definitely. It's everybody's dream. Thanks, exactly. Last but not least, Christopher. Hey guys, thank you so much for
3: having me on the podcast. Always a pleasure to be here with some bright minds from the industry. My name is Christopher, and I'm the tech lead for DataPult. Datapool is a company that. Uh, has software as a service based on Artificial Intelligence, uh, more specifically within scheduling. And my responsibility is managing the development process and making sure that
0: our clients are happy and can use their product as well as possible. Yeah, Christopher's one of our regulars. And if you do tune in, he's been on a few previously. So thank you again for featuring Christopher. And now that we've established a little bit of context on on each of you, let's delve deeper into the topic at hand. So I know I may have previously you had a question you wish to pose to the group.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, my question is, does a computer science degree give uh, one a competitive advantage over someone with uh, years of experience, and in what sort of in- industries would with that competitive advantage apply? And I think I'm gonna put years of experience at around three, maybe, because that's around a computer science degree length, three or four. So if we go with like three or four years, like what? What advantage does someone with a degree have compared to someone who's actually been working in in uh, a job as a developer or as a software engineer? All
1: right, so if I can kick this off, um, basically I think it's a very it's a very complicated question, right? Because it it de- it always depends. It depends on what kind of job did the self taught developer have? Uh, was it as a cons- consultant where uh, the Developer tried a lot of different technologies and a lot of different projects, or was it on a product he was working on with like a very specific tech tech stack? Um, And also, I would say it depends on if the guy with the CS degree has had a spare time job, a lot of spare time projects on the side. Um, But if we just talk a little bit about the pros of having a CS degree. It's definitely the more formal training and education and computer science fundamentals. Uh, I mean, you get taught by the best people in the industry, right? Um, or like at least like university professors. They know a lot, uh, and and you you get to get the, the chance to be inspired uh, from them, which is uh, which I think is is awesome. Um, but obviously on the other side of things, uh, a CS degree can be very theoretical, and um, which means that. If you don't do projects on the side, you will you might end up having a very theoretical background, meaning that when you get the, your first job, your entry-level job, um, or try to get that at least, um, you might not be as interesting as the guy who has three or four years of experience because the guy with the three or four years of experience, if he is experienced in the tech stack uh, that he is applying for. Um, then he will be able to give value from day one, whereas the guy with the CS degree without any practical experience will have a hard time getting going. And then, but definitely, um, within some like getting some time and, and the proper, um, introductions and tutoring, of course, the CS, uh, guy will do more value and in the end, it'll just take a little bit longer if the practical, uh, practical experience is not there. Um, I think personally, uh, at least, Um, but but again, very complicated. And if if we just have to to, uh, touch upon the the last question, which is in what industries would this apply? Um, So obvious, not obviously, but I think if you're doing very specific stuff, specialized stuff such as uh, cybersecurity, machine learning, um, complex data analysis. a CS degree would be preferable. You you'll need more um, theoretical knowledge of what you're doing to be able to do this task, uh, or completely this task uh, in a satisfying, uh, satisfiable way. I I think, um, or at least that's more preferable. Again, it always depends on what the self-taught developer has done for the past three or four years. Um, and yeah. What, what kind of education he's gotten throughout those uh, three or four years, because some companies offer that to their empl- employees as well. But these areas like machine learning, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, definitely it helps uh, having specialization within, within that field, if you have a CS degree, um, I would say. So I think that's, that's my answer to the question. What do you think, Christopher?
3: Uh, I think you brought up some very good points, and maybe to extend on your points a little bit, I think one thing you have to note about having a CS degree, or I should try to say it a little bit more in the general term of just having a degree is that I think for a lot of companies, you might have studied, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be computer science, it can be a law degree, a business major, any kind of thing where you end up in a position where you don't necessarily use uh, what you've learned in the education exactly in that position, um, but you may have learned some fundamental knowledge that your skills will build upon. And also it's also you know it's like a, a quality stamp on you that you mm. took this education, maybe you got you, know, you, you got your degree, maybe you got some certain grades. And I think a lot of companies will look at this and say this person is capable of getting the education. They're capable of structuring uh, the way that the university or the educational educational facility provides them with the material. Uh, they're able to work independent and in groups. So there's a lot of different quality stamps that comes with having a degree in general, which I think you have to take into consideration. If I were uh, to hire a person that doesn't have any kind of formal education, I don't think it would be necessarily a bad thing or a red flag, but that person would need to have some other quality stamps to make up for a lack of a degree. So that could either be, as you mentioned, there's a, a previous experience from, from different companies, it can be some certifications, um you know voluntary work there's a lot of different things that they can do so I wouldn't say that from a very broad perspective that for you know most jobs um it's required to have a, a university degree for programming software engineering it's a little bit different um but I still think it's very important uh, at least to to break into the market to get those first kind of jobs because a lot at least for a lot of bigger companies are looking for those you know quality stamps. and I think right now you know, the norm is that a university degree is the most, you know, uh, widely accepted uh, form of uh, standard you could have when you're breaking into like an entry level position.
0: Yeah, I think there's some valid insights there. And I think at that stage, I'd like to guide it back to Amir. I understand it's a challenge you must face yourself to pose this question. And what's your take on it in regards to a computer science degree?
2: Yeah, so I don't I don't have a computer science degree. I actually have a degree in marketing and uh, business management. So. um uh, for me i've I've been through the struggles of actually trying to break into the market. and um, it's it is it is difficult. It actually leads on to the to the to the next question pretty pretty well. but um for for me, I guess the the difference is gonna be that there's a risk that like self-taught developers don't have the knowledge. Uh, I mean, you can spend three years learning the wrong thing and then when you get into the industry or you're in or you're going to apply for the same job as a computer science graduate you you're gonna have these huge uh, gaps in your knowledge because uh you, you don't necessarily know what to learn and how far to go into what you're learning about uh you can learn all sorts of things very quickly through through um different platforms um but they don't go in depth into how like the languages work uh and and how they actually like interact with with uh like memory uh within uh your computer and how it's gonna work on a client or how it's gonna work on a server and what a server is and all this stuff you don't necessarily like, go into those things so it's it is like it is very difficult and there's the knowledge sort of not just that, those in particular, but there is a lot of knowledge that you don't necessarily get from the platforms but you do get a lot of uh, practical knowledge which is something that you would give you your own advantage, but I guess you you are right that it depends on like what industry you're applying in. If you're applying in an agency, for example, then then I would say like you're at way more an advantage because you need to hit the ground running kind of thing. But if you were trying to get into uh, one of the big like tech companies like Netflix or Google or Facebook, for example, then you might be at a better example a uh, better advantage. With a computer science degree compared to someone with uh, practical knowledge i think off the back of that
0: there's a follow-up question i'd like to ask to last just off the back of the point that you made with you know it being multifaceted, multifaceted there's a lot of dependencies in regard to it depends what the somebody who's come away and you know they've had an engineering role for the last three years it depends what they've been doing i mean you made a point in regard to it depends if they've been doing one technology stack or trying to hand up multiple different things i think in the industry i am in, mean, where you're placing consultants you become biased to whether somebody's been experienced in one framework for a long period of time that makes them a stronger candidate. But from your experience, what would provide somebody with, you know, in terms of greater opportunities, would it be better that the more well-rounded they've tried to at multiple different things?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it depends on the role you're applying for. Uh, I think as Amir says, uh, if it's for an agency that uses different technologies, um, it's definitely nice that you are more uh, well-rounded. Um, but also just pro- for the individual, it's, it's super nice to, to know different technologies, to also know what you like to work with yourself. I think, um, I was very happy with that. I worked for an agency for a year, uh, very, very nice to try to be on multiple projects, even at the same time, working with different te- uh, tech stacks and how they interact, uh, what are the pros, what are the cons that also made it w- way easier when I had to make my own uh, to choose what I, what I, what I like the most and what I knew would work. Um, so to answer your question, um, again, it depends on the role that you're applying for, like if it's an agency, it definitely makes more sense to be well rounded. If it's a, a platform that you need to be working on, um, and maybe they are just applying for a backend developer in .NET, then if you are super good at .NET, I think you'll be set for that role, right? and um, yeah and it's an interesting
3: sorry to interrupt you kind of, no, I'll go for uh, me uh i just i thought it's a really good point you brought up that it 100 uh, agrees on what kind of role you're applying for and also you know what kind of thing you're trying to evolve into because i can definitely say from my own experience and i'm sure uh, at least lastly you can also relate to this to a certain degree when you're starting your your own company um you'll definitely get some different experiences that you won't get when you're hired in a, in a larger company. You will have to work more independently, and I think for me personally, the thing that I've learned most 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 about is like taking a project from start to, to finish. Um, because I've worked at three different companies before that as a developer, uh, both at a larger company at PwC and a media company called Business Media Group. And at, at that point I was sitting either in front end or back end, but I was doing a very specific part of it, which I became really good at. And I did a lot of, you know, I got a lot of experience, uh, you know, with my with my hands in the mud, as they say, uh, doing the, the actual coding part. So I think actually taking those different experiences and then putting it all together and being managing yourself gets you a different perspective of what it takes to be a developer. Um, but I think also at the same time, being at a larger company, you are surrounded by so many people, and especially if it's a good company or a larger company, you learn so much from being around different people as well that sometimes I feel I miss a little bit by, by being by myself, that you miss missing technical buying partners. So I think definitely it's like a double-edged sword in that going your, your own way, being at a small co- startup, doing your own company, you get some very unique experiences doing that. At the same time, being at a larger company, if you're surrounded by good people, and you know, I think it, uh, a good saying that is just is if you are the smartest person in the room, you're you're in the wrong room. I think that's definitely a, a good thing uh, to keep in mind when considering your first position. So learn a lot in the beginning, and then if you're the type of person who wants to go independent, do your own thing. I think it's important to have some kind of experience first, and then if it doesn't go right, you, I mean, you am sure you learn so much that you'll be in a good position to get a job at a larger
0: company afterwards some great insights and I mean the reason I ask it is because the purpose of this podcast you know know—we're discussing self-taught versus traditionally taught there's going to be people listening who are trying to figure out which route they should take and I think you made a great point I mean in terms of breaking into the industry coming from a background that's different and some of the challenges that that face you know you faced along the way and I think Christopher your question directly relates to this so it'd be great if you could pose that to the group. Uh, yes sir let me find it to uh, say
3: if you have a cover you can just read it aloud. Yeah, of course, mate. So,
0: what are some of the challenges, and how can you overcome the challenges that self-taught engineers face when they're trying to get their first job without any past experience in the industry? And, would you like to take us away on this one?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, so being like a self-taught developer, like myself, um, it was difficult to know, uh, where to start. Uh, what do I look at, and also uh, when you when you first approaching becoming a developer the 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 wave of of information that you have to take on is absolutely insane even if it's just looking at what HTML is or what CSS is or what JavaScript is this without even touching a, a server or anything just that that huge wave of information um, that comes your way is, is is absolutely insane and it's sometimes kind of too much... For some people to take on it and there's there's like no blame in that because it is it is a crazy world uh and there's no way that any one person no matter if they come from a computer science background or are self-taught could know about everything it's just too it's too big and uh like some of like the challenges i guess uh, which is sort of what i what i spoke about earlier is that is that there are plenty of platforms out there that offer tutorials and uh it's a different languages, whether you want to become a front-ender or a back-ender. Um, but they don't necessarily give you everything that you may need. They give you a great starting point, but they won't necessarily get you there. So it's more like the challenge is, okay, once I've done this, what do I do now? Uh, where do I go? There is no like, There are forums out there and there are like uh, things on GitHub and stuff that you can see pathways, but there is no set pathway. You could you could jump around a and I think it's the not knowing about that is the is the most difficult difficult thing. And it's also again how in depth do you go into a language? Like do you need to look behind the scenes in JavaScript? Do you need to know about the V8 engine in Google Chrome? Do you need to know that Node.js is built on C++? Or like how do you need to know all of this stuff to actually become a developer? Or is this something? That you can learn along the way, and that's also something that you, that kind of comes too much is that every time you go down one rabbit hole, you end up at another, and you will end up going down each one for the rest of your life because it's too big. So it's knowing when to stop and move on to the next thing, and then learning about it if it's needed. So that's like that's definitely one of the challenges, at least I've faced, it's like going where do I go now? What do I learn now? And also there are tons of programming languages out there there are like popular ones there are not popular ones it's like which one do you learn Do you chase the money or do you chase what you like yeah. you start with brain fuck That's the <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right i, I think it's a i'm sorry to a good okay, yep yeah. like huge respect to you amir uh basically i've been interested in computer science and programming since i was a little kid like i dreamed about where i am right now when i was in seventh grade or something like that but i had no idea where to start and basically i didn't start so i i was looking into it but i didn't know like how did i actually get started what project should i make and what is like so i understand that struggle completely so what i ended up up doing was taking this uh, cs degree uh, the bachelor at least and basically what you get there is you go and you get everything served on a silver pl- platter for you, right? And it's just ready for you to eat, uh, which I thought was, was awesome at least because that gave some structure to, like, somebody had been sitting down thinking about what is actually important to learn, what is important to learn first. And uh, before you go down this rabbit hole on the second semester, you should probably learn this on the first semester, right? So um, I definitely know the struggle and, and that's that's part of the reason why I ended up just taking the CS degree. Um, because, yeah, it, it really helped me a lot uh, to deal with that struggle, uh, for sure. So, th- again, like, huge respect to you and, and any self-taught developer because because it, it is a jungle out there. And where do you start? And it also depends on where you want to go, as we talked about earlier, right?
3: Now. I think that's a very good point. And, yeah, I, I also got to give you a lot of props, Mir, for actually navigating the jungle yourself. I think one of the main things you actually get from taking a, a CS degree I mean, there's a lot of different types of CS degrees and what they do, but I, it gives you some sort of roadmap and some sort of structure in your way to, to learn it, um, because I could imagine that maybe from your experience me, just jumping straight into it uh, would feel like, like you're missing out on some good points or maybe you like didn't start from the start, started in, in the middle of everything. Um, I think therefore the, I can only speak for my own experience. I didn't take the, the classical CS degree. Uh, which is like, uh, it's called in in Danish, uh, where you learn about, you know, compilers and you learn about C, you learn a lot about another low-level stuff, data structure and algorithms and a lot of these things, which I think is very, very good fundamental knowledge to have. So a lot of these things um, I've looked into myself because I think it was interesting, but my education was more more around directed programming and we started in Java, which is a very classical language to start with. Um, so I always had that roadmap, um, but I didn't figure I got the, you know, exact knowledge that a lot of the other CS degrees would have. And the thing is that I, I know a lot of people who took the, the, let's say, classical CS degree. And I feel that a lot of times when I'm writing code or putting something into production or, you know, talking about uh, designs and architecture and stuff like that, I feel I have a, a, an advantage over them sometimes because I just have more experience doing it. Both from my job and from my, from my educational level, but at the same time, they have a much more fundamental knowledge about how a computer works. So, I think for people as well who have considered to actually go the educational route, I think you also have to consider do you see yourself as the one who's really interested in the entire world of computer science, you want to go really deep, or do you just want to go straight out and, pay and earn some money and start getting your hands in the mud? And uh, I think that's something you have to do for, for yourself. I'm I'm more like a kind of like a dynamic person um, who just likes to 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 get into stuff and just do it. So I think for me this was definitely the best choice, I definitely see for a lot of other people taking let's say the long route can definitely also so pay off in the end.
2: Yeah, yeah just a, just want to sort of interject as like a a, a side question because uh, obviously not coming from a computer science background, a lot of this, a lot of coding uh, is. A, it's certainly about like a mindset because it's basically just a problem that you need to solve and how you get from a to b can be solved in many different ways but you want to solve it in the most efficient way is is this something that you learn on a or in a computer science degree because obviously you don't learn that as a self taught developer you've learned that you need to put a, a bracket after uh, a certain word or this is a keyword or you need to use a curly brace here you you just you know about the Syntax of a code, but you don't necessarily know why you're doing it or uh, how to solve a problem if you encounter it. This is like that. Definitely, it's definitely like a smaller part of being a self-taught developer is these like debugging type things. So I just like wanted to know if you actually learn about a certain mindset that you need to have when approaching uh, this sort of like just approaching code in general.
3: I think that's a very interesting uh, question. I think from from our experience as we started out with learning Java as the first language, which I think is a, is a, is a decent choice. It's a pretty good choice as your first language. As the education progressed, um, I think it got to a point where people were coming, you know, from different educational institutes. Um, so people were, you know, using different languages. So at some point, I think you get to a level, um, of like knowing, of like navigating the, the landscape in general, that these like minor things, like, oh, how do you do this thing? Or how do you do this thing in a specific language becomes a little bit redundant or we don't focus on that as much anymore. Um, and I think for people trying to learn it at home, there will be of focus on this if you take a, a, a course that's specific to a single programming language. For example, Java, you set a semicolon after everything, you put types on all your variables and stuff like that. Um, but I think when you get to a certain uh, level, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of each language and some of these things becomes a little bit more redundant. You just see it more as a tool to express what you actually want to do and not focus so much on how do you do this in, in Node.js. I think you can Google your way towards that. I hope that was an answer to your question in here.
1: Yeah. So just to elaborate a little bit on that, I think during, uh, I, I think I have more of like, uh, is it a, a Medica you have, Christopher? Yeah, yes, yeah, it so- sounded like it. So I think more, more, mine is a little bit more uh, theoretical. I, I'm doing all the compiler stuff uh, and basically uh, like we only had three programming courses, that's 15 ECTS in total, which means that's half a semester. But then we had a lot of uh, group projects. I was at Allboy University, right? So a lot of hands-on experience there, but like actual teaching of programming language was only like half semester. And so that's why I'm saying like doing something in your spare time is definitely important, but what the degree tries to do is to make you kind of language agnostic, I would say. And yeah, so one of the things you, like a few of the things you learn as as we've talked about is like how the computer works from like the lowest lim- level. How does the CPU interpret assembly in the end, like after traded from C to assembly to so like the whole stack there and we make our own compiler and what you realize is that everything is abstractions right so knowing that i think sometimes made me realize uh, that what i was doing what uh, while programming was ineffective so if that answers your question like sometimes you realize because you know what's underneath the programming language that something you're doing is is not good <laughs> um, yeah um so, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, just it was just a kind of just wanted to to yeah. to know whether you got got bad mindset or you, uh, that mindset was kind of like injected into you somehow through through these like uh, semesters that that you guys have. So uh, yeah, cool. Cheers for that. Okay. awesome. I think, I think I think we we missed one part of the question,
1: right? Uh, and that's kind of how um, self-taught developers. Um, can what what can they do to increase their chance of getting a job? That's kind of part of the question, right? Without any past experience.
2: Oh uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it was uh, it was purely just actually I got kind of lucky when when I became a developer. So I spent I worked as a like an account executive with developers, uh, and they were building uh, WordPress and Abraco solutions, and I would have to like talk to clients and talk to developers and. Mm. Then kind of got interested that way. Spent six months in my bedroom learning, uh, PHP, uh, HTML and CSS. And then pretty much after that, I was, went to my job. I was like, I want to become a developer now. And then, um, I had a couple of tests with a senior developer that they had. And then that was pretty much it. He liked the mindset that I had. I didn't necessarily get everything right in the, in the questions that he gave me, or the tasks, but he liked the way that I approached it. And that, that, that was it. So. You can literally get a job by studying for six months in your bedroom and then showing that you are passionate about it. Uh, or you could spend longer on Code Academy, uh, build uh, tons of uh, home projects that you can put in a portfolio and then try and get a job. I mean, it honestly, it depends how you uh, approach the situation and your, the way that you act when you're in these job interviews because I would believe that anyone would hire a junior developer if they showed the passion for it because then they're going to learn.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Right now I have an intern who has, she's a digital designer, uh, she has a bachelor's degree in that. And then she has a bootcamp uh, in programming uh, that she did for 10 months. Um, and what I noticed at the interview, like we have this small, very small assignment, and she had the right ideas in her head and she knew how to make the abstraction. She just couldn't get it through her fingers because she actually didn't know this programming language that well. Uh, but because I saw that she had the correct mindset, uh, I, we ended up uh, taking her in as, as an intern. Uh, so I, I totally agree that as long as you have the correct mindset, both both uh, like socially, that you're able to explain what your thought process is and say it in a, in a good way without like too much of a temper and stuff like that, and you're also uh, able to express like logically what needed to be done to get this problem solved then I think you're like a very long way, uh, of getting us, you know, an entry level job just with
0: a bootcamp or uh, six months in the bedroom or whatever it can be. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. I think it was an intriguing point that you made and I like the way you phrased it, Christopher, in terms of navigating the jungle by yourself, <clears throat> I think to come from a business and marketing degree and to go into what you're doing, it takes a lot of courage and you've said there. One thing you'd say is to, to have a lot of passion for what you want to do, which I think leads us nicely onto Lassie's question. Which is in regard to the hiring process and the things that you look for, somebody. Yes.
1: Um, so my question is, um, what are some considerations to keep in mind when evaluating the skill and experience of both self-taught and traditionally taught developers during the hiring process? And Christopher, would you like to kick this off?
3: Uh, yes, sir. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think the one thing you definitely have to consider is that. Um, There's like different, uh, a lot of different approaches for how uh, companies they choose to hire developers. Um, I think if you take it just from the top, from like what is typically known as like the fan companies, so like one of the like top tier uh, companies, I think a lot of you have probably seen on, uh, on YouTube, you can see a lot of these Google design interviews, Microsoft design interviews where they get like usually a pretty difficult data structure and algorithm, uh, which is like very computer science-ish question, um, which is typically not something that a developer typically you know would do in their normal day of work. Um, but they, I think they use this approach just to see the thought process behind a developer, how they approach different problems. Then you have, uh, I know I've been to a lot of job interviews myself, but um, they just give you some assignment that you can do at home you know, create a small app with to-do list or create a Jira clone or something like that. Um, And then they they see how you structure the code, where, of course, you can just go home and, you know, use all of the the help you want, or you can have your uncle write it if you want. And then there's the uh, types of uh, companies where they just, you know, they don't really screen you in any technical way. They just, you know, take it as a go, see what kind of person you are, then gives gives you the chance, which is usually for smaller companies in more entry level positions. So I think one of the issues with the first approach is that a lot of people will probably go and then get really, really good at one thing, which is data structures and algorithms, uh, because they really want to nail that interview. So they go in and they know all about binary search trees and linked lists and whatnot, and then they nail the job. And then when they find out that actually you don't have to do that much stuff in your actual position, you have to do a lot of coding and collaboration and a lot of soft skills, they find out that they might not be the best uh, fit for the job um so i think that's a very interesting you know dilemma or problem there is in the industry uh, in general that i think no matter what kind of test you do or how many rounds of interviews you go through it's very very difficult to find the ideal candidate and i think there's no one indication that a candidate is ideal without having them on the team work together and see how good the synergy is Uh, so that's what i would start off by saying
2: cool um yeah so uh I mean, I totally, totally agree, especially with the interview uh, sort of topic. Is uh, coming from the other side, uh, sort of, if you're asking a developer to to like invert a binary tree as a as a code challenge, and then they're gonna be building uh, WordPress websites, then then you know there's a mismatch in in what you expect from them and what they can offer because this is uh, it's like once. You know, kind of requires a bit of theoretical knowledge. The other one requires a really basic understanding of PHP. So I mean, there's a, a certain mismatch. But actually, like I guess the considerations for the developers themselves. Um, I know if if I saw like a like a resume with with like an endless list of expertise in different programming languages, that sometimes is a bit of like uh, okay, like take a step back. Cause there's no way that you could know every Niche thing about every single programming language that's on your that's on your resume. So, I mean, that that would definitely be uh, something that that would keep in mind. That, like whether that that person is is trying to uh, like fake a little bit who they are. Maybe they've written like a hello world application in one language, but that shouldn't make you an expert. So it's knowing when you're an expert, and knowing when you're not. I guess from the person. So, it's uh, so a open and like honesty sort of thing uh, from. The developer, and then uh, sometimes you can see. And again, we touched on it uh, just a moment ago with the the lack of passion and the the, the way that uh, someone approaches uh, certain problems or has approached in the past. I think it's also clear from a uh, either a self-taught or a traditionally taught developer, you, you can sometimes see some of the differences. I, I feel as though, and uh, and I'm totally biased on this point, but a self-taught developer, they kind of have a lot more passion because they they want to get into it. If they are entry level, they really want to try and find their pathway into into development. But if you're a CS graduate, maybe you don't necessarily have that passion. But that's a totally biased point, point. and I have no backing behind that apart from apart from what I've experienced in the past. And then uh, sort of a lack of like anything to show for what what they've done. Uh, if a developer just turns up and expects a job kind of thing without being able to prove anything then it's kind of also some considerations like even if you were a computer science graduate or a software developer you should still have something to show for it uh a degree may be enough but also like the projects in your spare time could also add onto that so i just these these are what i would sort of look for uh but i wouldn't necessarily give their clear advantage myself to a computer science graduate
3: I think that's a, a decently fair assessment to say that most people who are self-taught and actually manage to break into the industry uh, they need to have a uh, more more passion i'm not sure it's true in all cases but i definitely see where you're coming from especially because you need to have a lot of you know enough motivation to get up every day without you having to go to class or without having like a study group hanging you down 10 times a day asking where your part of the assignment is needs to have a lot more, you know, dedication. Uh, so I think that's a completely fair assessment uh, to make regarding people who are, are self-taught in, in general. Um, and I admire those people a lot uh, when they manage to actually break through, uh, you know, break through that barrier and actually get into it. Um, and I think also that's one of the things uh, regarding, uh, you know, this type of like coding interviews or how, or how companies, they hire people. Because if they don't go for like the, you know, live coding, the instruction algorithms, questions, they usually go for like some kind of home assignment you can do at home. And I think, speaking from a lot of people I've spoken with and also my own experience, uh, these expect a lot from you in terms of they want to see like almost a complete application that you should develop yourself. And this is taken into consideration that the person applying for the job probably also has a full-time job or has kids or has friends or a girlfriend or whatever, and have a lot of other obligations spending maybe like three, four full days developing application. I think most people, they don't have the time or effort to do that. So I think you know getting into uh, the, the job or finding the right match in general is is pretty difficult. And that's why I think uh, maybe in, in Lasse, uh, in my own uh, case, we have an advantage in that breaking into it uh, when having the university degree is a little bit easier. And then when you have a few jobs, it's easier to get a new job because you have experience. And then when you have a good experience, you have a good resume, uh, you know, you can just hear from the way that a person talks that they've been uh, around the block, I think that in, in that case, it's much easier to get into it. You don't need to prove yourself as much, but if you're coming without a serious degree into a, a, any kind of position, I think you need to prove a lot more. And that's definitely difficult because in my opinion, there's no perfect way to do it and it, no matter what type of format you do. Uh, there's always going to be some complications or some things that, you know, don't really add up for speak.
1: Yeah. So the reason why I chose this question is because I find this super hard. Like it's it's very, like I haven't found, found the perfect way of actually screening uh, candidates uh, if it should be, I think I have a last category. Like you have the home assignment, you have like live coding or um, algorithm. But then you also have like a what I've done once was like, did the assignment and then go out of the room, the team's meeting or the room uh, for half an hour, do like a very, very small isolated assignment, assignment then come back and talk about it. And um, so that kind of solves the problem of the candidate not having to work for like five uh, full days and not spend too much time on it. But again, this is very, it can be very stressful uh, for sure. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very hard. And I think my answer to this would be... I can't, I, I tend to do the same thing, uh, like for self-taught and, uh, traditionally taught developers, the uh, I screen them, I do the same thing. It's the same things I'm looking for. So first of all, technical skills. We've talked about that actually, um, communication skills are super important. So how, as I said before, how do they explain their thought process? How do they act when they're frustrated? Um stuff like this, super important when you have to work together with the person, as Christopher said, you only get to experience this for real when you, you hire the person and work with them. But if you can get a little bit of uh, insight into that when uh, at the interview, that that's super nice. But then there is, of course, the, the cultural fit as well. Uh, you have to fit into the social environment. Um, that's I think that's very important, too. Uh, Is this going to be, uh, let's say I was a full, fully remote company, uh, then that would be one type of social environment. And if I, uh, as a CTO said, you have to go to the office every day that, and we have like uh, three times a day, we have to do this and that, or is it very free, open, you can work from anywhere, but we prefer you to be at the office. Um, And, but that that just has to be a a good fit there between the candidate and the and the company right um i i guess that's that's kind of obvious but i think i look uh, more at that uh than apps like the the technical skills like on the keyboard because that's something you can learn it's like place for me it's like placing bricks for a house it's like every like everyone can learn how to program as long as they have the correct mindset and the correct thought process Uh, as i said before with the intern like she's she's doing great um, and I'm very happy that we took her in uh, despite her not solving the programming task uh, that well, <laughs> to be honest at that time, uh, but she's doing super well right now because
0: the ha- she has the, the correct mindset. Mm. And, yeah I think there's some great insights into the hiring into the hiring process there. Eh? and I think the purpose of this podcast is to add value to future developers. You know a common theme that we've got is the passion and some of the soft skills that you need. But I think a key thing that I'd like to discuss is breaking into the community. In Christopher, you mentioned study groups. And one thing that we haven't really touched on is the social element of university in terms of networking, meeting key people in key areas. So, Amir, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned forums. You know, was there any other tools in this process, navigating around the jungle, that you found relevant for breaking into the tech community, you know, that would provide a little bit of insight for somebody looking to get involved?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, it's still uh, a mind filter even and, and breaking into some of the into some of the forums some of them are nicer than others to uh, to newbies uh i mean i found um like reddit was always uh sometimes a bit of a skeptical place to go because if you posted something too stupid then you would get absolutely rinsed for it so um it's 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 a difficult one and if if you are at least if you know someone or you can find someone on LinkedIn uh, that would be willing to help. That's always a great place to, to look. Um, or like I think uh, some of the companies like Code Academy and Treehouse and stuff, they actually have forums as well built into their entire uh, platform. So I would always use those. But I, again, I was I was lucky with the fact that I actually worked in an agency even though I was in marketing that I uh, that I ended up working with the senior who taught me a crazy amount uh, while I was actually a a junior developer. So the way that I sort of got into it was, was through him and then friends of friends and stuff who who worked in the same industry. So, uh, and if you don't have those like friends or that, uh, or if you're not that lucky, then then LinkedIn is a great place. I guess it's, a, it's more friendly than someone like Reddit, but uh, you could choose Reddit. And there are, I'm sure there are Discord channels and stuff that you could join uh, that uh, would allow you to to gain some insights into certain pathways that you would need to get into specific jobs.
1: I think where I learned the most was the same as you, Amir, like from a senior developer or a few of them when I was working at the agency. Just learning from the best, being able to ask all the stupid questions without uh, anyone laughing at your your face, right? Uh, As as you say, that's what usually ends up happening at Reddit or Stack Overflow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then we have our friend right now, ChatGPT, who's never laughing at your face and always answering your questions uh, politely, which is uh, super nice, I think. Uh, So that's always a uh, great place to go to if you have stupid questions, I think which we all do, like yeah. <laughs> we all have stupid questions from time to time. Right. And uh, yeah, it's great to be able to, to miss you, ask uh,
3: I'm glad you mentioned uh, Stack Overflow, because I think that's also considered a very toxic community, at least for a lot of newbies getting into uh, getting into the space. There's like a lot of uh, hatred towards new people on, on that platform, have very strict guidelines, but I think it can be very, very difficult finding, uh, you know, some sort of community that you can get into. I know from my own experience uh, because I, you know, I'm part of the Hack Your Future community, which is like a coding organization that helps uh, primarily refugees, immigrants learn how to code. And I actually met a guy from from that organization at a JS uh, conference somewhere in Copenhagen, and he told me about this community. Um, and I was been teaching there for some time now. Um, and then I think I I just learned people from from that way, you know, just discovering different people, both in person but also online. Um, I think I had this feeling that when I started in university, uh, I was very judgmental towards the people that were there because I I didn't really never really consider myself being like a huge tech guy or a, a nerd for that matter. Not that there's anything bad of being a nerd. I do consider myself quite a nerd these days, but at that time I definitely didn't. So I was always very just to to other people and thought, "Well, oh, this is not really something for me. Um, I don't really have anything in common with these people studying here." But I think as soon as you get, you know, you know, to scratch the surface and then, you know, find out how interesting the entire world of programming is and how many different opportunities there are in this space, I think that you'll find that most people that are into it actually are into it for the same reasons that you are. So I think no matter if you're a junior or senior or whatever you are, I think you should always have an open mind towards new people. And I think even someone with less experience than you can also teach you something uh, because I think from my own experience of like, teaching people who you know didn't really have the same kind of experience that I have. You also learn some new things that maybe you didn't already know, just teaching the same subjects over and over again. So I think that having an open mind is definitely
0: the, the, the best course of action, no matter how much experiences you have. Well, yeah. Thank you for that. I think it will provide some value. I mean, does anybody have any other questions that they'd like to pose to the other members of the panel? In which case, I'd like to thank you all for some amazing contributions. If you'd like to get involved in a future podcast episode, Please reach me on LinkedIn, Connor Leyland, or email me at connor-leyland at evolutionnordics.com. See you all soon.